Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. bros. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the Amiibos podcast. Mine is the Amiibos. What's going on, JDZ? How you feeling, baby? Man, I got a little uh, holiday cold, but it's coming through. Uh, might sound a little nasally, so you won't hear me singing on the track today, but uh, lucky for you guys. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Ready for to talk about this football, eat some turkey, and uh, sit down and watch the Saints absolutely destroy the Falcons along with a whole bunch of other games, man. So I'm looking forward to it, man. That's what's up, baby. That's what's up. I know uh, I'm feeling real good. My Clemson Tigers got another dub, 11 my Texans got another dub, seven straight dubs, that is. So, I mean, we're feeling good right now. Um, you know, this is a holiday Thanksgiving edition. Uh, DeMar couldn't be on the podcast today, doing a little bit of traveling, heading uh, down to Charlotte. So uh, this uh, epic matchup uh, can be seen. Uh, I know there's obviously this this huge, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, there's a huge uh, golf outing that's going to be happening. Um, I think it's going to be televised. There's going to be some betting done on it. And no, I'm not talking about Tiger and Phil or Damon and Jeremy. Uh, apparently, this is going to be the last hole is going to be broadcast on, on Instagram. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes, man. So uh, I'm pretty excited. We got a lot of things to get into today. Uh, some big topics from the Rams Chiefs game. Was that the best game of all time? And what are your thoughts after the game? Did you think more of the Rams or Chiefs uh, or less? Uh, also, MVP, did Pat Mahomes, did he hurt himself or help himself with this six-touchdown but five-turnover game? Uh, and then also, college football rankings are out and rivalry week. How is that going to play out this week? Who's most vulnerable from that standpoint? Let's kick it off, Jeremy. Uh, obviously, Monday Night Football, both teams scoring over 50 points, first time in the history of the game that that's happened. What's your thought on the game? Was it the best game ever? No, it was not the best regular season game ever. I hate to bust everyone's bubble. Uh, and there's one big reason why it wasn't the best regular season game of all time. That's because it was called on this Monday Night Football cast with Booger and Jason and uh, Joe Tessitore. Like, you can't be a, they ruined everything, man. That game was great. But I was here listening like, can you guys just shut up? I was about to turn to uh, ESPN2 and listen to the Spanish version, even though I wouldn't know, understood what they were saying, just so I could hear somebody else's voices. Because the stuff they actually say during the game, I'm like, duh, duh. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, that's why they run the stream route. Yes, okay, this is simple enough. Okay, you guys don't have to explain. Like, when John Gruden was on there, or Tony, when you listen to Tony Romo or Chris Collinsworth or someone, a lot of times you hear them go through eloquently some of the details of the game, maybe give you a little insight on what, you know, the players are thinking in that situation. You go, oh, man, that seems really cool, okay. I, I get that. That makes sense. All right, glad. I'm glad you enlightened me on what's going on. As opposed to, yeah, so when he runs this screen route, the the defenders are trying, or the offensive line is trying to let the defenders go through so they can get out and block. Ah, duh. Okay, cool. But on to the game. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> very, very exciting game. Uh, very, very poorly played on defense, in my opinion. I feel like uh, just from watching the game, I thought, this is very exciting. I don't know who's going to win, but 
neither one of these teams is the best team in football right now because they don't play any defense. And their offense isn't as good as the Saints' offense. So uh, I thought overall you're probably watching uh, the second and third best team in football to this point. But uh, I thought it was impressive for the Rams to pull it out, especially looking at the rest of their schedule because they play nothing but cupcakes except for the Bears and at uh, Chicago. That's the only other uh, decent game they play. So uh, looking at their schedule, I thought it was huge for them. If they would have lost this game, it would have uh, really given the Saints a two-game cushion. Um, but now they kept the pressure on. As far as the Chiefs go, um, they were actually helped out a little bit by the Chargers losing last week in division. Uh, but they still only have one game now. Um, if they lose that one game, they're, they're out of the one seed. The Steelers continue to lose. Um, and, you know, maybe they, even they could lose that two seed if, if the Texans or the Patriots or someone else keeps it up. So uh, very, very exciting game, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway I have from the game was um, – does anybody play defense? Uh, obviously, there were a couple of defensive plays, um, but I mean, the touchdowns that were given up were long, open, like dumb concept. I mean, at the end of the game, uh, the, the Chiefs have a chance to end the game with an interception, and then after they make the drop pick, they change their coverage and go cover one with no safety help over over the side when you clearly got a really athletic tight end who already had a touchdown. I mean, they, the, the concepts they were doing, I was like, I'm not sure why they're running defenses the way they were. But overall, um, I agree with you. It wasn't the best Monday Night Football game ever. I also agree with you. Um, Jason Witten and Booger McFarlane, those are terrible. I said that when it first happened. Um, I'm going to call them the Walton of, of commentators uh, for NFL. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard Walton talk about basketball, but he's like, yeah, you know, the team I think is going to win this game is the team that scores points um just that common sense uh approach is, is something that Classic Bill it makes me uh mute my tv um but um overall uh, i think if you look at the game i saw some flaws on both teams um and, and we'll get to it a little bit later about Mahomes, but i didn't think he played a particularly good game i thought um i went back and watched last night uh his six touchdowns and um five of them i think any average quarterback in the nfl would have made um and and i you know, I don't take that away from him because of the fact that he's got a he's got a phenomenal arm. And there was one touchdown that he made that I was like, I think somebody else might have run it in because he had an opportunity to run it. But the throw he made it was off balance, running to his left, throwing back across his body, fitting into a tight window. He's got he's got a tremendous arm. Uh, but like I said, my takeaways from the game were uh, it felt like watching two coaches playing Madden. Um, and the other teams not knowing how to adjust on defense. So um, I, I, I don't think you can have a greatest game ever when both teams score over 50 points and the points come so easily. It wasn't like it was like, oh, okay, this person just makes a ridiculous catch. It was like, oh, no, no. Tyreek Hill just burns a guy and guy slips and he went, he, he, he's 20 yards open. Or, um, you know, the there were some plays where, where uh, Robert Woods got so far behind the defense. There's one where Jared Goff so, so far under threw the ball it ended up being like a 40-yard game, but literally it should have been an easy touchdown, but he had to turn around and come back like 15 yards and dive to make a catch. So I didn't think it was a, a cleanly played game. I just thought it more or less was um, – I thought it more or less was a um, very, very entertain, entertaining game as opposed to just a very good game. Um, but looking at it, though, I mean, obviously um, – and I, I'll go first uh, talking about my thoughts on, on Mahomes, but – uh, Jeremy, do you think this uh, game hurt 
Patrick Mahomes MVP or, or helped it. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of kick it off, and then I'll let you, I'll let you take, and you tell me what you think. Um, I think from this perspective, I thought up until the last two minutes of the of the game, it was gonna. I was like, this dude's not played well, but his numbers are gonna are gonna throw him back over Drew Brees, who's basically been flawless. Because up until that point, you know, he had the two fumbles that he lost. But if you looked at the stat, but nobody really looking at fumbles, they would have said, oh, he's at six touchdowns, one pick, 143 quarterback rating. Oh, man, he threw for 400 yards. He was amazing. And um, <laughs> watching the game, I don't think he played well. I really don't. I felt like this is the first team that was able to get consistent pressure on him. I thought some of that had to do with the fact that he had two interior linemen out. Um, but I felt like he faced the pressure normal quarterback faces on a, on a daily basis. I thought he felt he faced the pressure that Sam Darnold sees every week, the pressure that Baker Mayfield sees every week, the same pressure Deshaun sees every week, that it, it, Josh Allen, any of his contemporaries that are around his elk as far as when they were drafted age, I thought he felt – and all those – it's Aaron Donald, everybody, and I, I listen to some people, and they're like, oh, yeah, Aaron Donald. Like, you know, you can't, you can't fault him because Aaron Donald got to him. I'm like, yeah, Aaron Donald's amazing. But you know the difference? Aaron Donald's not that much faster than a normal defensive end, defensive tackle. Oh, that, is, that's completely false. Aaron Donald yeah, is 100 but, times but, faster but, than most of defensive tackle. I said defensive tackle and defensive ends. So I'll, I'll put this okay, up. Maybe I'm not saying that, okay. that he, he's, he's amazing. So what I'm saying is this. What makes Aaron Donald special is his ability to shed tackles and, and break double teams and get sacks. Uh but if your offensive line is terrible and a defensive end or a defensive tackle can just run past them, they're still getting pressure at about the same period of time. So when I watched the game, there were several times where I was like, this is the first time I've seen him under duress. Not, I wouldn't say consistently, but a, a decent, like a normal amount of time. And I thought he struggled. I thought the interception he threw, um, the first one in the last two minutes, I thought he had no business throwing the pass. Um, it, I can't give him. Somebody said, "Oh, he got hit when he threw the ball." I can't give him that excuse because the dude was coming directly in his face. So he tried to he tried to make a pass where, I mean, that it wasn't like he needed to force it. Um, and and I th- I thought overall in the game, if I was gonna grade him, uh, I would have given him a C, maybe C minus, but I I'd probably said C. Uh, I thought he did some things well. I thought there were some times where uh, I looked like I thought the Chiefs were gonna get blown out and they they turned it back around. And I gave him a lot of credit for for that part. But end of the game, you had two possessions. Both of those you get with, you know, first one you get two minutes and change with three timeouts. Second one you get back with, I think it was a minute 15 and a timeout. And all you need is a field goal. You got to give me something. You got to at least give me in a field goal. Right? If the kicker misses it, like that's one thing. But for you to not get me no chance at it, I mean, when, especially I'm comparing him in the MVP race to Drew Brees. Jeremy, I'm not – obviously, you're probably so biased with that being your team, same way I am with my teams. But if I gave Drew Brees the Rams defense in two minutes and three timeouts and then gave him the ball back – say he, somehow he didn't score and I gave him the ball back with a minute and 15 and another timeout, what's the likelihood of him scoring a touchdown on either one of those drives? Well, first off, if you gave him the ball back with two minutes to go, um, he would have gotten the ball to the 50 – Probably took three knees down to 40 seconds left and then scored a touchdown. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll I'll comment on the whole Patrick Mahomes thing. My thought is Mahomes did struggle a little. 
I didn't think that it was a bad game for him. If I gave him a grade, I'd probably say it was a B, um, mainly because the last two turnovers were terrible. Uh, but before that, I mean, I, I thought he played solid. I mean, was he spectacular? No. Have I seen him play better? Yes. But that wasn't the first time I've seen him play with pressure. I mean, I thought that he played with pressure the entire Broncos game and delivered the ball well and ran and, and got got on the move. What what that game ta- taught me is that the the everybody who's been kind of hyping up Kansas City's offensive line, their offensive line is just really not that good. Um, it's okay. But just from watching the game, my thought process was, hey, um, they can't block Aaron Donald. And uh, they also couldn't block – what's the guy's name who had the career day where he walked, ran one back, ran the interception back? I can't even think of his name. Um, but they, they couldn't uh, block their – a Bokum or whatever, or whatever, Evil Camp. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even think of his name, but um, what I what I thought about with with that game was, hey, they're having to really move the offensive line a lot and move the pocket a lot in order to get him throws, um, because he couldn't stay in the pocket and get throws through. And if you watch what Drew Brees did uh, against that Rams team uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, they actually blocked Aaron Donald a lot one on one. Every once in a while they doubled him, but Aaron Donald's been blocked seventy three percent of the time this season with a double team, which is amazing that he's that much ahead of everybody else in sacks. Um, but against the Saints, uh, Andres Pete and Larry Warford, who both better be Pro Bowlers this year, really the entire Saints offense line should be Pro Bowlers this year. We've got the best two tackles in football. Um, and then on, on the interior line, Larry Warford was a Pro Bowler last year. Andres Pete's having a great season. Maybe not Max Unger, uh, who is a little past his prime, but still a really good player. But uh, they really shut down that Rams pass rush, um, and the Chiefs couldn't do it. Now, what are the reasons behind that? From both sides on the uh, in that game, why was no one running the ball? Why why was everybody content with dropping back to pass every play? The one flaw that Aaron Donald has is when he drops back to or when you continue to drop back, he literally just shoots the gap and tries to get sacks all the time. So the way you combat Aaron Donald is you run the ball every once in a while. You can slip, he'll slip and he slips so fast. Then he opens up a hole that you can run through and get a big game. But if you don't run the ball, you only give Kareem Hunt was it, either 14 or 15 touches for the whole game. Uh, I mean, you're you're calling for a recipe or a disaster if you have, if you throw the ball that many times. So um, my biggest knock on him was that he couldn't get a touchdown um, in that last two minutes with two possessions, mainly because the Rams' defense is so terrible. Um, but overall, I gave him okay for grade. Obviously, Drew Brees is the MVP. He's I, I think he's having the greatest quarterback season of all time. Um, I, I think it's pretty hard to argue really against it. I think his QBR right now is 89.4. Uh, his quarterback rating is like 127. So, I mean, the guy's been flawless, and I expect it to continue through the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Jeremy. I think the um, – I agree with what you're saying as far as – obviously, I think Drew Brees is the MVP at this point. I'm not sure how much I'm willing to give him the – quarterback season of all time statistically is probably going to be the greatest quarterback season of all time i it's weird this year man with the with the way that the rules have changed and i feel like as accurate as drew Brees is it's almost unfair because when you can't you can't have much grabbing on the receivers and right now he's basically just handing the ball off downfield um i'm not saying how short the passes are i'm saying basically even if it's 20 yards downfield he's just handing the ball off um it's it's super impressive um he's got a lot of weapons alvin kamara um, uh, this is an aside. Alvin Kamara is not as good as he is on Madden. Um, Jerry, I played a guy yesterday in Madden, and 
every fourth down, they just match him up. He, they move him to the outside. They match him up with a cornerback. And, like, he would either run like a – he ran some slant routes. As soon as he caught the ball, I'd hit stick him with, with a linebacker on fourth down, and he still was holding on to the ball. He was running go routes. And literally, two safeties there. He's doing one-handed catches like he's Antonio Brown. I'm like, guys, I don't know why Jeremy didn't utilize him on this because apparently on the game, he's better than any receiver in the world. But that's an aside. Uh, that sounds like Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, why, why was so mad? You said, why was who so mad? Why was Sean Payton? Why would, I mean, dude, you guys are up 38 to 7, and he's going for fourth and six and throwing wheel routes or go routes to Alvin Kamara. Over, I was like, dude, that, you're that up was a go for- route. Alvin Kamara lined up on the outside against Malcolm Jenkins, who used to be a cornerback, and Torsten Mountfield. That's what we do. Alvin Kamara is every bit as good as he is in Madden. And first off, also he's underrated because you said they were on fourth down, and the Saints don't get to fourth down. So therefore, that was underrated. Uh, they didn't play. They didn't play the Texans defense. But with that being said, um, obviously uh, Mal- Malcolm Jenkins is really good. Malcolm Jenkins is uh, far from his cornerback days. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> from a speed standpoint. But like I said, I think the uh, I think when you look at Alvin Kamara, he's he's a unique weapon. Um, Mark Ingram, if he can not fumble the ball, looks like he's, I mean, he's back to being himself as far as playing really well. Um, going back to the MVP discussion, I think it's Drew Brees. Um, and, and, and in reality, I, if the person I'd be pissed if I was them would probably be Ty Gurley. Even though they got a win, I, how do you not hand, and maybe it was banged up or something, maybe I didn't see it. But they they I mean, said his ankle got rolled up. That's what uh, Sean, Sean McVay okay, said so his ankle got rolled up, but he wasn't full through. Okay, that's the reason. I was trying to figure out neither team ran the ball hardly at all. Um, I, I agree with your your point on that. I think Mahomes is obviously number two right now. Um, I'm not sure how much I give to Mahomes, how much I give to Tyreek Hill, how much I give to Andy Reid. Um, Tyreek Hill gets some basically a touchdown and a half a game off just burning dudes. And I'm, when I say wide open, like he had two touchdowns that game where he beat the guy by at least seven yards. Um, and uh, you know, you throw in the fact that. I think when and it's gonna sound like I'm hating on Mahomes and I'm not. I think honestly, if I was building a team, I build my team first around Deshaun and then it'd be Mahomes and Wentz and Goff. I'd probably go Goff over Wentz right now the way Wentz is playing. Um, but I think when I look at him play, like I, I went back and I was like, let, let me look at these touchdowns that he had this game because I was like, I don't feel like I remember him playing that well. And I looked at the touchdowns. There were five of them that literally. I'm not saying I could have thrown all five of them. I could have thrown at least three of them. Um, but there was a, and just to kind of, to, to go back there, there was a, a go route where Sam Shields tried to, tried to press, uh, Tyreek Hill. He burned the guy. So, and it wasn't a great pass. Tyreek Hill turned around and had to try to catch it, but he burned him by six, seven yards. Uh, next touchdown was a screen pass to, to Kareem Hunt that he took for 30 or 23 yards, I think for a touchdown. Um, next touchdown was, uh, the one at the end of the half, which I said was a really good throw. Um, I don't think many quarterbacks could have made that throw. Um, then it was um, Travis Kelsey catching a, a a crossing route where he burns a guy by at least five yards. Um, then it was Tyreek Hill burning everybody by 20 yards and being wide open downfield. Um, and then the final one was, was a play where Andy Reid caught it, where it was a, a crossing route where the two linebackers ran at each other and Chris Conley had um, nobody guarding him on a crossing route about six yards down the field. So, 
I, I felt like when I watched the game, I watched Drew Brees, I was like, man, this dude is super sharp. And I, I, I think I texted Jeremy and I said, Philly's helpless. Like, I feel like they're helpless. Like, I don't even want to watch it anymore. When I watched the Chiefs game, I was like, man, this is great play calling. But there's a lot of – I think I think if you put Matt Barkley on that team, Matt Barkley would have had five touchdowns that game. Um, so I, I, I just can't I, – I, I think right now Drew Brees is pulling away. He's pulling away on QBR. He's from 89 over Patrick Mahomes is 84. Um, and, you know, quarterback rating, all, all those – One quick thing, Yep. One quick thing, you said that uh, you didn't think it was the greatest quarterback season of all time. Which quarterback season do you feel like was better than Drew Brees is right now? I don't. Here, here's the thing. I, I said statistically, it's going to show it. Um, I think you can look at um, Peyton's 55 touchdown season. I thought was was. Um, I mean, really, because that all oh, he's got Emmanuel Sanders and he's got Demarius Thomas. I don't think they're and, and Wes Walker. Yeah, but. Walker was, I think he was a year from retiring. Like, I don't think Walker was the same. But, yeah, he had a, he he had a lot of year. weapons. Um, was, yeah, he was. He was. That Was was that him? Actually, was was uh, Emmanuel there or was that Eric Decker last year? Eric Decker was the fourth, was the fourth receiver. Okay. So, he had a lot of weapons. Um, he, he threw the ball extremely well. And I thought the next season he actually started the year off like he was on pace to break all those records again before he got hurt. Uh, I think you look at, and there's a lot of seasons you can look at and try to make those arguments. I mean, you can even look at, uh, um, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, I think it was what, 30, 39 touchdown, three interception season. Uh, there was a lot of seasons that I think you can look at and say, oh, these are, you know, that was, I think, the 15 and one year where they, they ended up losing after the year after they won the Super Bowl. But oh, I mean, yeah, you, you're not gonna, yeah, and that, literally, I remember they had, they had nine drops that game. Uh, from receivers, it was it was an awful game. I don't think Rodgers was as sharp as he needed to be, but the receivers were awful that game as well. Uh, but when I look at it, I, I I I can't argue. If you tell me that Drew Brees had the greatest quarterback season of all time this year so far, like I can't make an I, I can't make an argument against it. Like I can say, hey, look, I may take somebody else over it, but at that point, we're we're comparing apples and apples. I mean, we're not we're not we're just nitpicking at this point. I mean, dude has twenty five touchdowns to one pick. Uh, he's completing nearly 70% of his passes. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, so, so your thought though, did, I'm not sure if you, if I caught it, you said, you said, obviously you think Breeze is, uh, MVP at this point. Yeah. I mean, my, my thought on the whole process is Breeze is, is starting to pull away. Um, I think that the saints are actually having a benefit of the Rams continuing to win. Um, I think that's going to be a big benefit to Drew Brees winning the MVP and the Saints uh, continue to play well because they have that uh, almost like a little needle poking them saying, hey, we're still one, a half game up on you, and at least until uh, next week when the Rams have their bye. But it's uh, it's one of those things where we're going, hey, you still got to continue to win to get that number one seed. Um, whereas the Chiefs, uh, I think, have a little bit more motivation now, but they didn't really into that game. They, they, they just lost. So I think Brees will continue to be dominant. If you look at their next few games, the Falcons uh, on Thursday night, I expect Drew Brees to be in prime time and put up some spectacular numbers. Uh, against the Cowboys defense, I expect Drew Brees to put up some spectacular numbers because uh, they're playing inside in a dome, uh, going against a defense who really uh, has good corners on the outside, but the way they really exploit teams is through the pass rush, and that pass rush will not be able to get pressure on Drew Brees with his offensive line. Uh, I think it's been five games since Andrew Luck's been sacked. It's been four games since Drew Brees has been sacked. Um, so Drew Brees really is the, the most impressive thing about that game 
on Sunday. The last drive where they we got to the one yard line and then just tried to like bang it in three times in a row from the one instead of just going to score a touchdown. Um, we took the entire starting offensive line out, and Drew Brees orchestrated a seventy four yard drive. The entire starting offensive line was out of the game. The starting uh, running backs were out of the game. We had uh, Dwayne Washington in, and we orchestrated a drive. So at this point, there's not really anything anybody can do. It's it's, it's pretty much clockwork. So I think that uh, we'll continue to dominate. Uh, I think that Drew Brees will have the, the big thing he has working in his favor is that almost every game they play for the rest of the season is a prime time. So uh, he'll continue to be on the national stage. Thursday, Thanksgiving this week. Uh, Thursday night football, the week afterwards. The week after, I think it's a one o'clock game against Tampa. Then the Panthers on Monday night football, flexed out against the Steelers the next week, and then the Panthers again. So um, <laughs> he, he's going to have plenty of stages, and uh, I think by the end of the, the season, he'll be unanimous. Um, yeah, I, I will say this too. Um, I think Mahomes, people are under, he's got, he's got 10 interceptions so far this year now. I remember he went like the first was five weeks or so with no picks. And remember I, when I when I was and I'll say at the beginning of the year where I was very questionable on, on on him being a good quarterback. I said I thought he was going to turn the ball over too much. He's got like ten picks in the last five games, I think. Um, so that'd be something I would watch out for. Um, also, something somebody and you brought him up, but we haven't talked about MVP wise. Andrew Luck, dude's got twenty nine touchdowns and nine picks right now. He's got. Seven straight games with at least three touchdown passes, and he doesn't have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and and he's throwing the ball. Ty Hilton is a poor man's Tyreek Hill right now, uh, but Ty, but Ty was was out for I want to say three or four games. He's doing it with Marlon Mack and uh, you know Eric Ebron, who was cast off from the Lions, and um, he's got a uh, you know Ali Sims or or Ali uh, Cox or whatnot. I think it's. Some Ali Cox, who was a basketball player at VCU, just first year playing NFL, first year playing football at all at tight end. Uh, he's doing it with like some castaways. And I'm giving him a lot of credit for that. And I'm giving Frank Wright a lot of credit for that because I know I do the same thing for Andy Reid. But uh, we see how Carson Wentz has, has fallen off and Nick Foles fall, has fallen off somewhat from last year um, and how much elevated. Uh, and I think Andrew looks healthy in his offensive line, as you said, is. is Phenomenal right now. Uh, great job to, to uh, battle the GM. But with that being said, I think Wright's calling some good plays. And look, at the beginning of the year, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he didn't have any arm strength. And I remember watching the the, the Texans game. Uh, we played them, and we were, that was the first win we got of the season after we were 0-3. And uh, I was like, guys, why don't we just press the dudes? He clearly has no arm strength. And then he burned us on, like, two 60-yard passes. And I was like, wait, 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 what is going on? I thought he couldn't throw the ball down the field. And then now you look at him, you're like, oh, okay, you're just back to the being normal. So uh, I think Andrew Luck needs to be in that conversation because in reality, if you if you asked me to to say who's played better this season, I would take Andrew Luck over Patrick Mahomes based on what he's had to overcome from uh, you know his skill position standpoint. I mean, I think one of the players that they were expecting a lot out of from camp was my Clemson Tiger, uh, Deion Kane, who they said was 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 battling and looked like he may be a starter, and he tears his ACL, um, and, and and you know you you lose a few other other pieces. Um, I think he what he's done has been really impressive. Yeah, lastly on that point, I, I think Andrew Luck's been really impressive, but we also have to look at the level of competition. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have a great defense, I'll give them that, uh, but they've been up and down. I mean, I've I've seen that team uh, get blown out by the Ravens. Uh, this season, they got blown out by a couple teams. So 
Uh, I'm not putting too much stock in that. They beat the Jaguars the week before, who are a dumpster fire. Um, they beat the Raiders the week before. They beat the Bills the week before. They've lost to the Jets the week before. So, uh, I mean, he's been putting up some great numbers, but um, I'm still looking to see what he's going to do when he places, uh, you know, a team that can really put up some points and go against him as well. So uh, that's not going to happen in the next few weeks or the next two weeks because he plays the Dolphins and then the Jaguars. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that <laughs> December 9th game against the uh, against the Texans to see what it looks like. So uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game as well. That game will be in Houston. Uh, but uh, let's move it on. Let's move it on. I know we uh, we talked about college football, and um, I'm going to get your opinion on one thing first, and then we'll kind of dive into the rivalry week. But Bama was tied 10-all versus the Citadel this week. Um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Now, obviously, everyone said, oh, yeah, but look what they did afterwards. I mean, we knew they were going to lose the center. We knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, I thought what was interesting in the game was, uh, one, the fact they only had 10 points versus the Citadel defense. But, two, their defense, you know, you usually can't run on the, on the defense for Alabama. Um, early in the, in, the, in the game, they were able to get some speed sweeps and get outside on Bama's defense and away from uh, – I'm not sure if you know Quentin Williams, but he, he might be the uh, – He's going to probably go top five in the draft. That dude literally is is immovable inside. Um, but basically, they just got the ball to the outside, and they were able to take advantage of that. I think that's something that some other teams may look at, look at the tape and see if they can take advantage of the same thing. But, Jeremy, I know we, you talked about, you, you know, you you believe in Bama was invincible this year, and, and you know, um, as far as college football goes. what What's your takeaway? Do you think anybody has a chance? Do you think this was just kind of a blip on on the radar? Uh, I feel like there there's definitely some teams that have a chance. I think Clemson um, is really the, the the major team that could that could make it a competitive game at this point. I was definitely disappointed by Alabama, but I'm not also going to overreact about it because I know that Clemson was not getting up to play Citadel and or not Clemson Alabama was not getting up to play Citadel, and that if they played that game over and really got up, they could have won the game by 75. So it's not like one of those things yeah. where I'm like, okay. This is something that was like, you know, indicative of what the Alabama team is. I think it's one of those games where they just said, hey, you know what? We're playing the center this week. We could probably go out. We can have some drinks. We don't really have to focus. And then they got back in halftime, and Nick Saban probably shot them all with um, paintball pellets or something um, because, you know, he probably, you know how Nick Saban is. He's uh, mad when they're about 70. So when they're tied with center at the half, I can't imagine how that locker room speech went. But then they came out and destroyed. Uh, but like I said, Clemson's looked impressive. Um, Trevor Lawrence is my biggest concern about Clemson. I feel like Trevor Lawrence has been good, but there's been times where he's been a little inaccurate with his passing. If he can pass accurately and play well in big games, I give Clemson a shot. Uh, if not, I don't really see anybody beating him. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be, you know, a decent test for him as well. But I can see that game going like the Notre Dame Alabama game win in 2012. So uh, overall, I'm, <laughs> I haven't wavered. I still think Alabama's the best team in football, uh, but. Uh, the gap is not as big as I previously thought. I will say this. Uh, Lawrence, last two games, I don't think he's been as accurate as he'd been up until that point. Um, now, this game, they played Duke. Um, there was a lot of drop passes that game. I mean, the receivers, I was I was a little shocked. Um, Darren Kendrick had one where he was I mean, he was five yards past everybody, dropped a go route. Um, we, had, we, I mean, we probably had, I want to say four or five drops. Uh, I did like the fact they threw the ball back to Kendrick the next possession. He got a really difficult catch on a go route. Um, but yeah, the, Clemson didn't look sharp. 
Um, Bama didn't look sharp. Um, what I will say, though, about Alabama and, and, and the matchup with Clemson, Clemson's defense hasn't given up a touchdown in the first three quarters since September. It is November the 21st. And um, so with that being said, they haven't given up a touchdown when the game was within 30 points and when our starters were in the game since September. Um, that defense is playing extremely well. Um, that should bode really well for whoever we go up against. Um, also, Notre Dame, I gotta give I got to give them credit. I thought they were going to lose to Syracuse. Now, we'll, I will give them the reality of the Syracuse's quarterback got hurt not when I made the prediction last week that I thought they would lose to Syracuse. I said I thought with having a senior quarterback like Eric Dungey, who just passed Donovan McNabb, I thought he'd be able to grind out a win, but then he gets hurt on the second or third series of the game. Um, so, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, get, you know, throw him a parade because of the fact that they went versus a freshman quarterback after that point. But they looked impressive. Their uh, secondary looked really good. Um, they have a tight end or wide receiver number 81. He looks like he's a tight end, maybe he plays receiver, who was really impressive, really physical. Um, and I thought they they did what they were supposed to do. And obviously now. Uh, as we go to the next qu- next part of the question, is rivalry week. Who is and it's hard for me to say that. I need to say that again. Rivalry week. Uh, it sounds yeah, like I said rivalry. rivalry week too, correctly, it's, it's it was a thing on. I remember Mike and Mike a few years ago did it, where they brought all these people on uh, throughout that entire week and tried to have everybody say rivalry week, and nobody could really say it correctly. So I don't feel bad for Miss Brown's pronouncing it. The way to say it, let me just teach you guys all how to say it. You have to say it as quickly as possible. Rivalry week. And then nobody actually <laughs> that you didn't get any of the syllables right within it. So if you try to slow it down and go rivalry week, you're going to sound ridiculous. So you just go rivalry week. And then it's, it's all good. <laughs> That's, I, I appreciate the knowledge on that. So uh, thanks for the heads up. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously we were talking about who who's most vulnerable. Uh, I'll kind of go through the games we have this week that are our big playoff implication games. Um, obviously, uh, we got the Iron Bowl, boom, boom, Alabama and Auburn. Uh, that game is in Alabama this year, I believe, uh, which makes that a uh, a very, very tough game to win. Uh, I don't expect much. Um, the reason is because Auburn Auburn has, has some receivers. They have a great quarterback who I think will actually be good in the NFL, but they have no offensive line. Uh, their offensive line is offensive. Um, and, and that's the difference between last year and this year. Last year, they had a very veteran offensive line where they were able to um, sustain drives. They were able to run the ball. Obviously, they had Kerryon Johnson, who helps on that running the ball. Uh, but they've been able to find, you know, be able to run the ball for years and years and years, um, whether it was um, Trey uh, – I can't think of the guy's name that played for he, – he, he, he won the MVP of the, uh, the SEC championship game and then ended up going to uh, – to the Rams and then kind of went went crazy. I'm not sure if you remember what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, he was a second round pick from his second round pick of the Rams a, a few years ago. And Carry On Johnson, they got uh, they have the guy who uh, Peyton Barber, who's a running back from Tampa Bay, and they got a lot of running backs come through there. Um, even um, uh, Sims, whatever for that the play for the Panthers. Um, but I think what they have or uh, what they haven't been able to do. Um, this year is to be able to generate any kind of rushing game or, or give Stidham any time in the pocket. Um, so kind of getting back to the games, we got Auburn, Alabama. We got Clemson, South Carolina. That game's in Clemson. Me and Jeremy have uh, have $25 on uh, on that game. Uh, I, I took Clemson at minus 27 and a half even before the spread came out. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, we also have Ohio State, Michigan, um, which I don't think is going to be a great game because I saw Ohio State 
should have lost to Maryland last week, but you know, they pulled her out. Um, you got Notre Dame versus USC. Uh, USC just lost to UCLA. Now, the only thing that makes that game so interesting to me is the fact that uh, USC needs to win that game to be bowl eligible. So at least that kind of – and they may be playing for Clay Holton's job or his job may not be able to be saved as it is. Um, other games that I think could be uh, somewhat dicey, um, UCF. They play South Florida this week. South Florida's not the same team they've been, but South Florida's a decent team, and that game is at South Florida. Um, and then the last one is Oklahoma versus West Virginia. So um, some really good games from the rubber week. Nice. Uh, and uh, so, Jeremy, who do you think is more vulnerable um, to taking an upset? Uh, you know what? Everybody's going to be home enjoying. So spend time with your families. Uh, don't really focus on trying to figure out who the upset's going to be because nobody's going to lose. Um, I think this is pretty easy. I mean, <laughs> Alabama's going to win by 70. Clemson's going to win by 27, not 27 points, not 28. They're going to they're gonna win by 27 on the dot, and Jared's going to be steaming. Uh, yeah, and, Jimmy, real uh, quick. Uh, yeah. Real quick, my, my RVP hit me up last week, and he said, I took Duke plus 29 and a half at the beginning of the game. And then Clemson goes to 29, and the rest of the game, they put in backups. They start running like the fifth, sixth string running back. And I was like – did you know how lucky you are right now that <laughs> you picked 29 and a half and literally they could have scored easily again. And I started seeing like, it was military appreciation day. So like they were running back, uh, who's not on scholarship was a walk on whose dad was at the game who had just come in from Afghanistan. So they started running him. And I was like, yeah, man, we're definitely not breaking any runs with this dude. So I was like, so they actually, he actually covered the 29 and a half because Clemson only won by 29. So that there is precedent there. Yeah, yeah, I can see it happening. Um, my thing is, just from watching uh, the games, I don't think anybody could really be upset. Hopefully my USC Trojans, uh, they're my only team that doesn't look like they're going to come through for me this year. Maybe not the Lakers, but I think Duke basketball is going to title. My Lakers are going to win the t- – or not Lakers. Uh, my uh, uh, Saints are going to win the title. Obviously my Red Sox already won. This is already the year of Jeremy. Um, and I was looking forward to hopefully – uh, the Lakers doing something, but uh, I don't think they're going to be title uh, worthy this year, mainly because I think the Warriors are still going to win another year. But overall, uh, I need for these USC boys to get it together. I need old school Reggie Bush, uh, Matt Leiner, uh, even going back to Carson Palmer. We need that kind of talent and that kind of production. And I don't think Clay, Clay Hilton's a guy, so I don't think he's going to get a W. So I think all these games are going to be pretty much blowouts, except for one. Except for one. I'll take that back. Ohio State is going to beat Michigan. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about Michigan. I think they're the most overrated team in football. Their defense is decent. Ohio State will still score because they have an NFL quarterback and a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And they will put pressure on Shane Patterson to score the football. He will make turnovers. And Ohio State will actually win by two touchdowns. Mark it. Two touchdowns. Um, Jeremy, I think that's nonsense. Uh, I will say this, right? If you just line them up and you said, all right, talent for talent, who has the most talented team? I'd say Ohio State probably has more talent. So is it possible? Is there a I'll chance? Be Ohio State always has the most talent. I mean, they, even out of Alabama, like if you look at the NFL, what team consistently has the most NFL like stars? Now they might not play like NFL stars while they're at Ohio State, but I tell you what, Urban Meyer yes. can recruit them. But that's the point, though. That's the point. Like, how how many times can we have Ohio State? And just watch them be like, oh, okay, we're just, uh, you know, uh, like they got 
right now, obviously Nick Bosa's alive. Never said, oh, yeah, but he look at their defense now. Nick Bosa's gone. First off, Nick Bosa wasn't coming back to the playoffs anyway. Um, if that was going to happen. Two, they had Draymond Jones, who who's projected to be a first round pick defensive tackle, and they got other defensive. I mean, Greg Schiano had the audacity before the season to say it was the greatest defensive line he ever coached. Um, guys, I'm not sure if you guys remember he coached Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and had you know all pro defensive tackle on the team. But you know, I mean, just this team's just the most talented he's ever coached any level. Um, but when I watch that defense play and I watch Maryland just torch them. I just I, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be able to pull it out. And the reason I don't think so is one, uh, I'm not that high on Michigan, but Michigan doesn't make many mistakes. And Ohio State makes so many mistakes, and they can make up for it in a lot of cases by being able to just throw the ball. But in reality, I don't think Ohio State's offense last year, uh, last week, was indicative of them all season. Um, since I mean, the Rutgers game, I mean, if you look at they played uh they played the previous week versus Michigan State, and they couldn't move the ball at all. Um, and then the, the few weeks before that, they, they, I mean, they, they scored some points on Nebraska, but then a couple weeks before that, they couldn't move the ball hardly on Purdue for most of the game. So I think his defense gets to them. Um, can we stop one thing though? I heard on every show, everybody's like, yeah, Michigan's defense, their defensive coordinator, best in football. Um, do you know Brent Venables, the dude who's had a top 10 defense the last six consecutive years? Can you guys please stop with this nonsense? Um, anyway, um, sure. with that being said, Jared, first off, yes. stop talking about Brent Venables. The more and more you talk about him, the more likely he's going to go somewhere else. Just leave him alone. No, Jeremy. Don't, don't bring his name up. Jeremy, he's gotten offered SEC head coaching jobs. And he's like, no, I don't want to leave. And I feel confident he's not leaving now. You know why? Because we why? just signed his – Jake Venables is now on campus as a freshman. And his other son, who's a junior in high school, just got offered – He's going to be coaching. They're just going to be coaching their own kids. So, uh, I mean, Will Sweeney's out here getting getting touchdowns. Jake Venables, who's actually a really highly touted player, was a four-star, uh, who got offered by a lot of schools. He just signed on. So, I I, I don't see him leaving to take another head coaching job. Um, obviously, I don't want this to happen, but the only only head coaching job I think he's got a chance of getting or, or taking would be if Dabo was to leave in five years or six years and go to Alabama. I think he'd be the leading candidate just to step in and take over at Clemson. I think he would probably do that. Um, yeah. But out of those games week, you know the team I think who's the most vulnerable to get upset? I got two. Oklahoma's going to lose to West Virginia. Their defense gave up 40 points to Kansas last week. They gave up really 40 points. Uh, yeah, but, and I agree. But from the numbers, their defense is so bad. They're the first team in the history of college football to go up 40 in three straight wins, uh, three straight weeks and win all three of the games. Um, and then you throw in the fact that um, not only is their defense terrible, but uh, I just don't. I think West Virginia's West Virginia's defense isn't as terrible as Oklahoma, and I think West Virginia's offense is nearly as explosive. So I think uh, you know West Virginia gets a win there, and I'm gonna go with the upset on on UCF guys. UCF's not that good, and I, I went to um, I went to a um, a luncheon this week where. Uh, we had some some folks come in from ESPN and kind of talk about it. And one of the guys, I won't mention his name because uh, he's kind of got some ties to, to UCF as well, but he said the thing that, that's bothering everybody is the fact that Auburn made all this possible because last year they could have come out, been focused, and blown out UCF, and we wouldn't have to deal with this nonsense of people talking about, oh, yeah, the co-national champions, and why don't they get a shot? Dude, last year they actually had players too. 
they're not that good. I got Southern, I got US, USF South Florida uh, with Charlie Strong getting an upset win this week. Obviously, it's at home. Uh, I got him getting a, a solid upset win. But, Jeremy, let's get to what everybody wants to hear. Um, because um, last week, me and you sucked it up on the picks. Um, I went one for four. You went one for four. We were both minus $600. Um, I'm going to explain mine, and then I'll let you explain yours. You know, they say Vegas is really good. Um, this week, they were impeccable. Because let's go through the picks that I had. Um, I was wrong with my lift and thrust argument. Not, I thought I took the right side of the, the game. Aaron Rodgers missed some throws late, and uh, and McCarthy was terrible uh, as far as play calling. But I took Green Bay Packers plus two. They lost by three. Uh, so I missed that one by one. I took the Houston Texans to cover three points. They won by two. And they won by two because the kicker missed two kicks inside of 45 yards. I took the uh, – what were some other games that I had? Oh, um, I took the Panthers versus the Lions. They were needed to cover four points. They lost by one. But their kicker missed a field goal, an extra point, and then they went for a two-point just to make up for it because they didn't trust the kicker. He makes all three of those kicks, then they're up by four, and they win by four. I would at least push. The next game, I won this one. I took the uh, Oakland Raiders, as Jeremy kind of laughed at me. I took them to cover the four-point spread, and they ended up getting a win. As I said, I thought they would because I thought the Cardinals weren't very good. Uh, so that one was the, the, the one bet that I actually got. And then at the end, Jeremy – me and you shared uh, heartbreak last week. What was the game we put together that was the the? Oh, I know, the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is terrible. Jeremy, you you've been saying this for weeks, months, whatever, and you know he's getting empty. And I'm like, no, 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 he just haven't had teams. No, I'm sorry. I watched the game. Kirk Cousins isn't good at anything. I'm gonna say this. I'm not saying he's not good at anything. Kirk Cousins is an elite. He isn't top 10, I think, at any anything in football. I don't think he's top 10 in accuracy. I don't think he's top 10 in arm strength. I don't think he's top 10 in mobility. I don't think he's top 10 in game management. I don't think he's top 10 at anything in leadership. I don't think he's top 10 in names. I don't think he's top 10 in any category at quarterback in the league. And they just gave that dude three years, $84 million guaranteed. Good luck. I lost that game. He had two chances to win me the game, and then he he blew it. And at the end, they were like, okay, you can at least backdoor cover, give me a push. And he can't even get the two-point conversion. I'm at a loss for words. I lost four bets by a combined nine points. Jeremy? Yeah, so as far as Kirk Cousins goes, Kirk Cousins did not play well. Kirk Cousins has actually not played well the last couple weeks. But Kirk Cousins is a top ten quarterback. Jared, name me ten quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins. I'll give you. I'll give you fifteen seconds to give me ten quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins. Oh, easily, easily. This way, I won't even take most time. Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Mahomes, Deshaun, Goff. Uh, uh, let me let me let me go through uh the teams. Uh, uh I'll give you one, Matt uh, Ryan. AFC, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck. Cam. That's 10. Yeah, he's so he's not top Cam. 10. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he's not top yeah, 10. Like I, but. Yeah, I mean, I, Jeremy, I, in reality, if you want to just keep going through teams, um, 
like like I said, I'm I'm not saying that he's he's terrible. He's not terrible. Uh Russell Wilson, I didn't throw in there. Um uh let's see, a- AFC West. He's better than, than Keenum. Um I said Rivers. I said Mahomes. Uh who's the other team? AFC West. Uh Raiders. He's better than Derek Carr. Um uh, AFC South. A- you know who I you know who I think he and I, I would probably take him over this guy because the guy keeps getting hurt. In my opinion, he's comparable to like Marcus Mariota, but he's just more injured. Yeah, he's, he's less injury prone. No, I'm stop. saying he's less injury prone. Jeremy, to, I'm to telling me, you, I watched the game. He is Matt Stafford. I mean, that's that's what he is. He's a Matt Stafford level quarterback. I ask you this question: If I told you Matt Stafford or, or Kirk Cousins, you could take one of the two. Who'd you take? Flip a coin. I mean, I, I, it's not. It's not like I. I really. I got him. I don't feel any kind of way about either one of them. I think either one of them you can take or take them or leave them. I think they're an above average quarterback, but uh, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with either one of them. I I, I would agree, but here's why. I, this is why I would take Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford has some elite traits. He's got an elite arm, and yeah. at the end of games, Matt Stafford has shown the ability to come out and play. Now he may he may be the reason you're not up already, but at the end of the game, Matt, Matt Stafford always basically puts together a drive. Kirk Cousins never puts together that drive. Um, I mean, like I said, I, you can you can say and there there are a lot of people. Honestly, uh, you know, there I put him exactly in the level where he was at, which is with Alex Smith. Like I think he's Alex Smith before Alex Smith obviously had that that awful injury this week. So, uh, but go ahead. I mean, so so through my picks, um, I might even been a little more unlucky than you were because I think I was less than nine points. Uh, but let me just go through my picks from last week because it was really utterly disastrous outside of one pick. The one pick that everybody should pretty much just make every week. Just bet on the Saints. I mean, is there anything else I need to say? <laughs> just bet on the Saints. The Saints have covered the last eight weeks. The last week the Saints didn't cover was the game against the Browns. You guys remember how long ago that was? That was the last time the Saints didn't cover a spread. And at this point, it's just become laughable because, oh, man, eight points seems like a lot. Yeah, but they won by 40. The last two weeks, the Saints have outscored their opponents. 99 to 21. In those games, the Bengals scored a touchdown with the backups in. So really, it was really 99 to 14. So uh, I cover the Saints. Jared, to touch back on your point, I told you last week, you did it again. You did it two weeks in a row. Don't bet a good team against a good team at home on Thursday night. That's the that's the easiest advice I can give you. Don't bet against a good team. At home on Thursday night. Um, even though they played terrible, they still covered because they were playing at home and it was Thursday night. Uh, and if you go back and you say, hey, what if that game was in Green Bay? How would it be different? The guy probably doesn't get the catch on the sideline. David Moore probably doesn't get that over to her. Um, so things like that happen on Thursday night when yes. you play at home. <laughs> um, and, and here's, here's what made that, that so bad, though. It'd be one thing if it was like, okay, he 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 misses the catch and you just miss it. It's a quick play. They get back to the line of scrimmage and they snap the ball. They literally had an injury. It was like a four-minute gap to review and see if the dude caught it. And I, I saw it first glance. I was like, nope, ball hits the ground, it moves. Call it. It's a third down. Get the ball back. You're up. You're like, nah, I think we're just going to chill. Like, there's no point. I, I'm baffled. I, I, I was baffled by it. Um, uh, but that's, I think that, that point right there, unless the Packers, which they could went out, I think Mike McCarthy's getting fired. 
uh, the Packers are going to make the playoffs. Uh, the rest of their schedule is trash. So they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably still get fired because they'll lose early in the playoffs. Um, unless, you never know, they could end up playing uh, whoever wins their division, the Bears or the, or the Vikings, probably most likely the Bears, and I can see them winning that game. Or they could end up playing uh, the winner of the NFC East, who they will probably destroy. So uh, very well, they could be in the second round. But at that point, the Rams or the Saints, well, I'm not even going to throw that out because they did almost beat the Rams at the Rams earlier this season. So who knows? Maybe maybe, they'll, maybe they can make a run. I'm not ruling them out yet. I just know I wouldn't bet against I wouldn't bet for them on a Thursday night. So let me just go through my picks. Uh, Minnesota, plus 100 against the uh, Chicago Bears, uh, plus three. And they lost by five points. That's two points. Saints won. I was plus 200 on that. Tampa Bay at New uh, at the Giants plus one point four hundred dollars. They lost by three. That's plus four total. Houston Texans minus three at Washington plus a hundred dollars or a hundred dollar bet. They lost by two. That's five points. And then Pittsburgh minus five at Jaguars for five hundred dollars. They won by four. So six six points. Covered my four losses, and that's why I was minus six hundred dollars. It's a cruel, cruel world. Uh, I'm sad that I didn't make it up, but hey, when you're that close, it's just gonna happen again for me this week. I mean, I, I was uh, on a big roll, had to slow that roll down just a little bit, kind of like the Chargers, but I'll pick it right back up and uh, be on top again next week. I do. I'm telling you, it was it was so cold, man. I almost had Jay Jay Cole start this this session off and just say, uh cold world i mean that's basically how bad wait, wait, the wait, picks wait, wait, were wait wait wait, wait. We're, we're not gonna pretend like you didn't just do that um, yeah. um, I, what <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um with that being said jeremy i know you got your picks and i'm not gonna lie jeremy you know sometimes i always try to make my picks before the show and then i i go through thorough research I just changed one of my picks. So I, I'll let you go through the first one, and then I'll tell you what mine was that I changed. All right, cool. So uh, I'll go through my five picks. Uh, the first one I put up there was Green Bay at Minnesota, plus three points. Um, they're pretty much saying it's a pick them, but it's in Minnesota, so they're going to give the edge to Minnesota. I just trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust Kirk Cousins. And the way that they've looked uh, – Oh, the way they looked last last week, I think they could – that Packers defense is actually very, very underrated. That's that's one of the big reasons why I say Aaron Rodgers is overrated because I see him watching. Who was the uh, the defensive end that got, like, three sacks against Russell Wilson? He was all uh, over the place. I don't know. Yeah, that dude was all over the place. Uh, he's like, you know, he like seven, oh, yeah. He got seven sacks in the last six games. Um, yes. So uh, I think that, you know, he's going to look pretty dominant. Um, how do you attack the Packers? You run the ball against them? Who's the worst rushing team I've ever seen? How about Minnesota? So they're not even going to be able to attack that way. So uh, I see this as being a game where it's going to come down to Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers. And as we all know, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, uh, even though I'm not big on Aaron Rodgers this year, he's way way better than Kirk Cousins. So $200 there. Pittsburgh, minus three at Denver. You guys screwed me last week. You better not screw me again this week. Uh, I'm just going to say that they looked so terrible last week that this week they have to look better. And I think that Case Keenum is going to look awful. So plus 200 there. Next game. Uh, New England at Jets, minus nine. And for some reason, 
I was about to say, I, I think so. Four, four of my five games, I'm picking the road team. So, um, not really excited about that, but uh, I like the matchup. So, New England, off a bye, minus nine at the Jets. Uh, for $200, it seems simple enough, mainly because the Jets are terrible. Uh, the next game, the lock of the week, it's always a lock of the week because it's New Orleans. New Orleans at home against the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night football, minus 13 points. I am going $200 on the New Orleans Saints. And lastly, a rematch from two weeks ago, Chicago at Detroit, minus three. I'm going $200 on Chicago. Uh, I think that, you know, last last game, I think they were up 26-0 at one point, and that defense is really humming. So, uh, oh, and carry on Johnson is out with a sprained knee. So, uh, no running game makes it even better. So, yep, I'm going $200 on the Chicago Bears. Makes it even better for your pick. Don't. Don't make it sound like it makes it better that he's hurt. Oh, yeah. It makes, it makes it better for my pick. I actually have carry on Johnson uh, in both of my fantasy leagues because I picked him up very, very early. Um, and so uh, I'm very disappointed in that. I said he was going to be the next Le'Veon Bell. And he has been living up to it when they give him the ball instead of trying to let Matt Stafford throw the ball 300 times. So um, definitely disappointed in that. But for my pick, it works out better. Yes. Okay. Um, here's my picks for the week. First pick, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals minus three versus the Cleveland Browns. The reason is A.J. Green's back. And I told you guys beforehand, Andy Dalton is terrible without A.J. Green. A.J. Green makes him like uh, Steve Smith made Jake DeLome. Really, that team looks so bad when he's not on the field, and now it looks like he's back, and they're playing the Browns who come off a win. And one thing we know about the Cleveland Browns, they can't win back-to-back games. Um, so... I'm going to take Cincy minus three three points for $200. Second game, Jeremy, I'm agreeing with you. I'm taking Green Bay plus three versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, because of the fact that Minnesota, I don't, I don't believe in them. They can't run the ball. Their defense isn't nearly as good as they, they were last year. Um, and I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Um, and if it boils down to a game, me picking Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers, when Aaron Rodgers definitely desperately needs the game, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers because – um, if they win this game, they would have the same record and they would have the tiebreaker. So I'm going to go with Packers to pull that one out. Jeremy, the game I changed, I had the Steelers versus Denver. I changed it to the Saints versus Atlanta. I'm taking the Saints minus 13 for $200. You know why? <laughs> why? Because the Saints are definitely scoring at minimum, at minimum 40 points. And I just don't yeah. see Matt Ryan put that up in the Superdome. Um, I mean, is it possible he could get super hot again? Yeah, but the last two weeks they lost to the Browns and the Cowboys. So, uh, and the defense for the for the Saints low key is playing pretty well. Uh, Eli yeah. Apple, although he struggled early, he's looked a lot better the last few weeks. Uh, and Marshawn Lattimore looks like he's out of his uh, beignet phase because uh, a lot of the beginning of the season he was a little heavy, like he had a few many, few too many beignets or whatever it was. Uh, it looks like he's back I, I in a playing I shape. I think he looked heavy. I just thought he looked slow. Uh, I, it didn't. He didn't. He just didn't look like he was firing uh, at full speed. So I, I definitely get what you're saying. I thought he looked a little slow early in the season. He said he had hamstring issues yep. that he was trying to. He was trying to work through in the offseason. So it looks like he's finally in shape. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. You realize the Saints have scored forty point six out of their ten games, and the NFL record for most forty point games is, is six in a season. So I think they break the record this week. And uh, right now, they're averaging 37.8 points per game. Uh, tied for the most in the Super Bowl era with the uh, Broncos in 2013. 
Uh, and they're, I think they're going to try to work their way up to the all-time record, which is from 1927. Uh, the New York football giants uh, actually averaged 38.6. So I think they're going to try to work their way up to their record. Yeah, and here's here's the other two things, right? One, we know uh, Sean Payton doesn't take his foot off the gas anymore. Apparently, he's trying to be Steve Spurrier in 96. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys remember Steve. Oh, Steve 96. Preseason Steve Spurrier with the Redskins in 2000. <laughs> like, where? And he's just like, you know what? I know it's preseason. I know we're up 35 points and it's fourth and 32. But let's run a go route. Like, that's basically <laughs> the way he does. And, and, and so, uh, Sean Payton is going to continue to score so that they'll cover the spread, even if, they, if the Packers do score a lot. And the other part, do you know, I'm not sure if you've heard, Jerry, I, I know you have, where they they, ha- they talk about it when it's a matchup. And they're like, what happens when an uh, unstoppable force meets an immovable object, right? Yeah. Well, this is kind of the opposite. This is what happens when you have an unstoppable force versus an easily movable object. If you're giving me a defense that's punted two or more times, they haven't done that since week three. The Saints haven't punted two or more times since week three, and you're going versus one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I just think realistically they might go, did you guys score 50 last week again? That's back to back 50s, right? Uh, no, we stopped at 48. We we got down to the one-yard line and with the backup lineman in, we didn't want to run a pass play, so we just ran three straight runs up the gap. Got stopped in the one. I got stopped for no game three straight times. Kicked the field goal to score forty eight. We could have scored fifty, but yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the fifty burger on this game uh, and, and take yeah. the Saints minus thirteen. My other two picks, I got. I got the Carolina Panthers minus three versus Seattle. Um, obviously Carolina burned me last week. I'm hoping Graham Gano is is a Graham good yes this week. That was a terrible joke. But anyway, you, you know he actually uh, didn't miss. That's his first time missing the kick all season, like field goal or extra point. I know. I was like, guys, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we're going to go for the two-point. We're going to go for the win. Uh, one was a dumb decision. Jeremy, you talked about that before. But the other thing, Gano made a 63-yarder to win you a game this year. I think you can trust him to kick an extra point. Um, but uh, with that being said, Panthers have won 10 straight at home. Uh, Seattle's coming all the way across the country for a, a 1 o'clock game, which is always super tough for a West Coast team. Uh, so I'm going with Carolina to cover three points. And the last one. I'm going Colts versus Dolphins minus eight points. Andrew Luck has th- seven straight games with at least three touchdown passes. I think he's getting another at least three touchdown passes this week. And I, like I don't think game. Brock Osweiler can get you within too many points because it's Brock Osweiler, who uh, at this point, I might start calling Brock Ostrich because uh, he looks like an ostrich and he's that terrible. So I'm going to go with the Colts being able to cover eight points, get a dub. And we getting back on the winning side, five for five this week. Thousand dollars going to be in the pocket. Get back to plus fourteen hundred dollars, and let's go. Any other closing comments? You got JDZ. Obviously, uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up. You and DMark got the, the round of golf in, in Charlotte. I got a round of golf out here in uh, in ATL today. Uh, I'm trying to shoot a sixty-seven. Uh, we'll see if that works out or not. I got to keep the, the driver straight. What about you, though, DZ? Man, I played – this is going to be my second round since uh, September. So uh, – or, I guess, since the middle of September. When we went to Houston, I think the first week of September. It's not only the second round I played since then. So, uh, I think it's probably going to come back just like, you know, 
riding a bike, you know how smooth my swing is. So it's pretty much just like uh, old school Freddie couples. I don't even really need practice. So I'm assuming that I'll probably beat Damon by eight or nine strokes. I'll talk about it next week on our top on our podcast. Uh, all right man well uh all right listeners thank you guys for checking out the podcast obviously be be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms check us out on instagram at amibros underscore podcast uh check us out on facebook uh facebook.com forward slash the amibros uh also you can check us out on uh twitter at amibros podcast uh also check us out on itunes download it subscribe rate us give us five stars Google Play, Spotify, uh, basically any platform, anywhere you can check out podcasts, Podbean, all of them. Uh, check us out, and we'll catch you guys next week. Also, me and Jeremy will be doing some Instagram live feeds during the Thursday night games on Thanksgiving. I might have a turkey leg in my hand with some squash casserole, but I'm looking forward to it. DZ, I'll catch you next week. All right, man. Sounds good, man. Peace.